Praise the Lord. Well, it's so good to be back. We've been wanting to come back a long time. But you know the things happen. Can't try to hold you back. But we're going to go into something. This is not going to be new to you. This is going to be something that Randy teaches because you have such awesome pastors that teach the Word of God that causes our life to change. That's what causes your life to change. What, what makes our life change? The Word. It's the Word of God. So we're going to look at some things that we already know, and we're going to find out maybe a little bit of new stuff on why we can have what we say. Why can you have what you say? But I want to read a scripture because not knowing what Randy was preaching on, we had a lady in the church that goes off into Dallas to a big conference. Uh, Dutch Sheets, anybody familiar with him? Uh, they're preaching the same thing Randy and I are preaching about the Holy Ghost. She come in and she said, she told me last Sunday when I got done, she said, it's almost you were word for word like you were sitting in the conference with me. See, God's moving and He's changing some things. So I want to read this Scripture. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, that's us. Say, that's me. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now what's it say in Hosea 4, 6? My people perish for lack of knowledge. They're just ignorant of the Word of God. So grabbing a hold of the Word of God changes our circumstance. Amen? So I'm going to have to, I'm going to try to skim through. I'm going to try to, I'm going to skip a whole lot of stuff. I got about 20 pages here. We're going to try to get at least six of them done. Okay? Because I want to get to the key word that we have an understanding. You know, we say, how important our words are, and it is so hard not to say the, the wrong thing. You ever notice? Yeah. It is. Say. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That exhausts itself. Anything that comes against God needs to be pulled down out of our life. Okay. So we're going to start with some where Jesus is being taken to the cross. Luke 24, 1 through 5. Very early that Sunday morning, the women made their way to the tomb carrying spices they had prepared. About ten of them. About ten of them went. Jesus had some great followers. I want you to understand, Mary Magdalene was one of His greatest fans. She followed Him. Every, she was at every point. She's mentioned many times in the Bible. She was one of the ones that did not desert Him in the garden. She was there. So Mary Magdalene, Joanna, 
and Mary, the mother of Jesus, arrived at the tomb. They discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled away. So they went in to look, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. They stood there greatly perplexed. Suddenly, two men, dazzling in white, shining light like lightning, appeared above them. Terrified, the women fell to the ground on their faces. And the men in white said to them, Why do you look for the living in the tomb? He's not here. He has risen. Now this is what we do. This is what's taught in the church. This is how the church has become because we watered the Word down so much that there's no power, but not in this church. Many people are comfortable looking for Jesus in a dead church where there is no power of the Holy Ghost. It's everywhere. I had people tell me, I don't believe in the Holy Ghost. Well, it's the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. They are all together three, and they are all together one. And if you can't believe in the Holy Ghost, how can you believe in God? Okay. Jesus' life was characterized with goodness. He went around doing good, didn't He? More than we know out of the Word. The books can't hold what all He did. He, just, he poured Himself into the people physically and spiritually. Now, I want you to understand he was human. He is born just like you were. He was human. And he did no miracles until the Holy Spirit came on him. But he had wisdom. When Jesus, he healed the sick, he took care of their spiritual problems, he fed them. Uh, if they were thirsty, he gave them something to drink. Jesus was beaten unmercifully. The very crowds that he had fed wanted to crucify him just a few days later. You know why? They didn't have the word. They heard, they sat and listened to him, but they didn't grab it. They didn't grab who he was. Now this is what we want to do is grab. this. You know what? We don't come. When Randy comes to our church, I'm praying way before he comes. Lord, let him bring a word that begins to change us. And this is why you don't change without the word of God. But you have to... The Bible says those who know the truth are free, not those that just hear it. So you've got to be... You've got to grab a hold of... If Jesus walked in here carrying a big old, big, big plate and had every kind of cookie on it, he could walk around every one of you and you could sit there and say, man, I'd like to have one of those. But until you got up and got you a cookie, nothing would change. Amen. Well, it's the same thing with grabbing a hold of the Word of God. Amen. Jesus was beaten. Uh, the crowds wanted to crucify Him. Twelve men that He loved and He taught that followed Him forsook Him. Most of the people were against him for no reason. They don't even know why. How can you be against someone that's went around healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons? They didn't know. See, they wasn't opened up to grab a hold of the Word of God. 
We got so many people that sit in church and they hear the Word and they walk out and nothing's changed. But we need to change when we hear the Word. It's bread. It's the bread of life that comes that we grab a hold of and we walk out different. And as we get a piece every week and we get hungry for the things of God, a hunger becomes. Then the power of God begins to change our lives. Otherwise, we stay the same. The darkest hour in the garden was not when the drops of blood fell to the ground. The darkest hour was when Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was between heaven and hell. And He did it for you and I so that we could walk victorious in this earth. Now, Jesus continued to impact people's lives, even on the cross. We have the story, Mark 15, 22 through 39, that talks about uh, the two thieves that were on the cross. Well, we know the story there that, that the thieves were, they condemned him. Oh man, they, Jesus, Jesus knew that he was going to die. How did he know? Do you know how he knew? He was full of the Holy Ghost. I have asked the Lord, Lord, how could Jesus do it? Adam couldn't do it. Adam had the glory of God on him. But he couldn't do it. Why couldn't he do it? Because he didn't have the Holy Ghost. Jesus had the Holy Ghost. It gave him strength. It gave him the power. It gave him the boldness. And it gave him the courage to stand up and do what God had called him to do. And that's what he did. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus uh, prayed in the garden. It says he prayed and those drops of blood began to fall from his face. So how did he, how could you get so intense? Well, he prayed with the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Holy Ghost. And he prayed in the Holy Ghost and the, and the people, when he was hanging on the cross, the Bible says that he said a prayer and they, the, the, the thieves, the two hanging on the side thought, my God, what is that? What is he praying? And then one of them said to him, why don't you just get us down from here? Do something for yourself and then do it for us. But the other one said, my God, don't you know what you're saying? He is the Son of the living God. This is what he said. Luke 23, 40. But the other answered. Now this is what, this is what I really like about the story. Is one thief could change his mind. He's this close to being dead and busting hell wide open. But he changed his mind. See, when he heard Jesus pray, something happened. And it was the power of the Holy Ghost. See, we're drawn by the Holy Ghost. It says, but uh, when he changed his mind, it says, but the other say, answered, rebuking him, saying, do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same 
condemnation and indeed justly. For we receive due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Even the thieves knew he hadn't done anything. So, we're going to get back now to slide over to a little direction. His words. He could have thought that. He could have thought, you know, this is God. He is the Son of God. And he'd have busted hell wide open. But instead, this is what he said. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, he recognized who he was. That's one of the first things that a child of God has to recognize. And you need to recognize it before you get into trouble. You need to realize that you are a child of the living God and that your words carry power. Your words can make the difference. And that He said something. He said, Lord! And it changed the atmosphere around Him. Remember me when you get into your kingdom. Jesus said, Jesus answered him, Assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise this day. The power of his words. The other thief, he had the same power. And he cursed and condemned Christ. He had the same power. But they are opposite. Now, we're getting into the, the part we're going after. Revelations 12, verse 11. And they overcame him, the devil, because of the blood. It's because of the blood. Amen. You hear me? It's because of the blood of the Lamb of God and because of the Word. And their testimony. It was because of their testimony. And then it says they didn't love their life even to death. Which mean, that, that simply means they were completely behind Christ. I'm totally sold out to who He is. How did they overcome? By the word of their testimony. Through the blood of the Lamb. So what's the blood do for you? The key words in that Scripture is testimony, word, and blood. If the thief on the cross had not spoken what he did, he would be in hell today. You get to heaven, you can go up to the thief on the cross and you can ask him about that very moment. You'll be able to walk up to him and ask him. And I will bet that he would, he will enjoy the beginning to share what happened in his life in a matter of seconds. The power of God. This is what the church needs to get back to. The power of God. Your testimony, when you testify personally using scripture, the words, through the blood, you will be delivered. It's the Word of God. Just like He was be, be delivered, you will be delivered. You can't say, well, that won't work for me. Because if you do, 
it don't work for you. Because your words carry power. You're, you have to tell the devil what the blood through your testimony has, has done for you. And then you have to tell the devil what the blood through your testimony is going to do for you. Say, I'm, I'm going over and not under by the power of God. Because we have to have the Holy Ghost. We have to have the Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, inside of us. Now, a lot, of, a lot of people believe, well, when I got born again, the, the Holy Ghost came inside of me. That's true. And He'll hook up to you, and He don't want to ever leave you. He wants to, be, man, He wants to grab a hold of you. But you've got to have the Holy Ghost to come on you. You've got to be filled with the Spirit of God to have power in your life. This is what Jesus had. In order for you to declare the Word of God and speak the Word of God, you have to know something about the Word of God. You have to know, I have to know what to speak over me. I am the righteousness of God. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the full armor of God so you're able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Well, that's pretty clear that the devil's going to come after you. But I don't even have to think about it because I'm covered by the blood. Can he penetrate the blood? No. Now, let's get into Old Testament. Because we're going in to what we're going to grab a hold of today. Exodus 12. It says, The Passover was God's means of bringing Israel out of the misery of pain, heartache, poverty, sickness that they were in in Egypt. That was the purpose that God did. God sent Moses to lead them out, to get them out of that suffering because He wants to bless them. He wanted them to be in a land of milk and honey. Are you different? We're not different. Jesus is our Passover lamb. The moment He died, when He rose from the dead, He was bringing us out of Egypt. He was bringing us out of sickness, heartache, pain, misery, of everything that the enemy tries to do to a child of God. Why does the enemy do this? He don't like you. He don't like you. Why? Because he likes nothing to do with God. On the tenth day of the first month, the Bible says that every household was to take that lamb. And them little kids would play with that lamb, and they, man, they has had the best time with it. And then four days later, Daddy comes in. And he grabs that lamb in the afternoon, in the evening, and he splits that lamb's throat. And he puts the blood. He puts the blood in a basin. He fills the basin up. I want you to, I want you to watch. He, he don't waste any blood. He puts the blood in the basin. It's sacred. Now let me ask you, church, 
What good is the blood in the basin? It had no power. It couldn't save anybody. It's just blood in a basin. Nothing. Can't do a thing. But God said they were to take the blood and put it on the door with a hyssop branch. Listen to, listen to the word hyssop branch. Not one drop to be wasted. No power right here. But on the doorpost put on by the hyssop branch. Changed everything. Saved them. David said this. Psalms 51.7 Purge me with the hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. What is it about this hyssop branch? David's prayer of repentance after he sins with Bathsheba in this prayer, David is confident that God's faithfulness to him for forgiveness. Why did he use the word hyssop? What's it mean in the Bible? Well, the hyssop in the Bible means of transferring of blood of the sacrificed lamb to the sinner. Exodus 12.22, the hyssop is used at the first Passover, spreading the blood on the door frames. In Leviticus 4.14.4, the hyssop and the blood are used in a ceremonial cleansing of the leopard. In Numbers 19.1, the hyssop is used for the cleansing someone who has touched a dead body. There must be some power with that hyssop. So what is the hyssop? Well, I believe God used it as a tool. See, the hyssop grew everywhere around Egypt. It was easily to get a hold of. But we see that the hyssop branch means that the blood of the sacrifice is transferred to the sinner. The hyssop points to a substitutionary atoning of the death of Christ. Now, that's where we look at our salvation. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Clean out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. How many needs to do that? How many needs to clean it out? We got too many Christians playing church. Yeah, I love the Lord. But whatever comes on TV, I'm going to watch it. When the Holy Ghost is telling you, turn the channel. You think I hadn't been there? Get all wrapped up in a movie, and then they start using some language we just don't listen to. And you hear immediately, change channels. We have to get in a place, in the position for God to operate in our life. Because we're the ones that the world's going to be looking at. Okay, let's keep going. Clean out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, has also been sacrificed. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. He's been killed. And the blood has been put in the basin. 
I want you to understand. Now, when they killed the sheep, they put the blood in the basin. Carried no power. He could have walked around. He could have grabbed that basin and carried it around with him all evening long. And when that death angel came over, that that, that, that had heartache in the home. But because they took the hyssop branch and put it on the door. So what's that mean? The blood in the basin does nothing for you. We must transfer the blood of Jesus, our Passover, to the place of our need. We have have to do it. Sometimes we might go to the pastor and say, I need some help. Sometimes we might, uh, in our home, we gathered our family together and we would pray because we need the blood. The covering of the blood. We got to do something. Okay. We're going to use. Now, we know in life that if you're going to take, you don't have the blood of Jesus in a basin. The basin was the world that held his blood. The Bible drops about the blood when they nailed him on the cross. It rolled off of the cross and fell into the earth. It's the basin. So what good would the blood of Jesus do for us? Let's read John 19, verse, starting at verse 28. After this, Jesus knowing that all things now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Well, He's hanging on the cross. He said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. Now remember when you're reading the story, what was talking about in, in Mark a while ago, they offered him a mixture of stuff to put up to him and he refused it. Do you know why he refused it? Because it was a mixture of painkillers. And he can't take any painkillers for the world. He had to do it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay. So now, he says, now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they, I wanted to say that so you understand this is not the same deal. And they filled the sponge with sour wine and put it on a hyssop. You catching this? Where'd they put it? says they put it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said it is finished, bowing his head and gave up the spirit. Why did they put the hyssop in his mouth? Because they transferred that hyssop branch to his tongue. So that would show what you speak will come to pass. Because there's power when you declare the blood of Jesus with your tongue. When I say, when you, that's why the Bible says, tell yourself, I am the anointed of God. I am the righteousness of God. 
I am power. I'm healed because my God is in me. For the blood of Jesus covers me. I, I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my finances. I plead the blood over my church. For my God is able. But if I don't do it, I'll be just like the thief on the cross. One thief spoke and it changed his outcome. The other thief stayed the same and is spending eternity in hell. We transfer the blood by our testimony from the basin to the door of our mouth. Why is it important what we say? Why is it important what comes out of our mouth? The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But when you add the Word of God, I don't believe we have power until we declare the blood of Jesus. Because nothing's more powerful than the blood. It was so powerful. 2,000 years ago, it washed away my sins today. I'm white as snow. I may not feel white as snow. I may not look white as snow to other people, but when my God sees me, when I go before the courtrooms of heaven, my God sees me as white as snow. And He said, come right on in. But I have to use the blood. I have to use the hyssop of my tongue. Because that transferring of that hyssop changed the church. Now remember, Jesus came and made the church. But when they stuck that on, it was the last thing they did is put the hyssop branch and laid it on His tongue. It was a transferring of what you say. And the power of God released into the doors of your mouth so that the enemy cannot destroy you. The power of the living God. We need to teach our children what they say. We need to share with them the Word of God so that they know to declare that they are the righteousness of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I play baseball to the glory of God. I rodeo to the glory of God. My God's for me and not against me because I'm covered under the blood. It is of the blood that makes the difference in our life. If our lips are sealed, then the devil will keep us from speaking boldly and our testimony of the blood and His Word and the power will be stopped. There is a time to talk, but there is a time that we use that hyssop branch and declare our victory through the cross of Jesus Christ. How do we do it? Through testimony. Your tongue becomes the hyssop. Once you apply the blood to your home, to your job, to your health, to your finances, over your children, the enemy cannot pass through the blood. By faith and faith alone, 
we apply the blood. When you say it, you believe it. Ephesians 1.7 shows us the benefits of the blood. In Him, we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to His riches and glory. That don't make you perfect, but that makes you covered by the blood. That gives you a desire to want to live for Christ. I want to be where He's moving. I've seen people get up and walk out of churches when the Holy Ghost began to move. They probably, because of that one action, will never receive anything from Christ because He had them there for a reason. We're not playing church. We are the church. Amen? Psalms 107.2 Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He has redeemed me from the enemy. Who has, who's God redeemed? Who's He redeemed? Those who say so. Using their hyssop branch And Revelations 12, 11, the Word of God. And they overcame the, the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony. The power of God. You know, you go into a restaurant, there's so many people talking, you can't hear yourself think. I think sometimes, what are they saying? What are we saying when we're when, the things that go on? You hear language, you hear different things, the, the wrong kind of language. They got a hyssop branch. And it's working against them. We need to work ours against us. Let me give you just a, a little example. This church going over, not under, you get ready for an explosion. Because the power of God is not dead. Amen. The blood of Jesus is still alive. Amen. And the hyssop branch is becoming alive and beginning to speak because we're getting knowledge of the Word and not being ignorant of the Word. I've heard people say, we went to a church one time years ago. It was my, my home church when I was growing up. Janet and I, we kid, the kids were small, and I said, I just want to go back there, you know. Man, the power of God used to work, move in that place. We went in there, and that little pastor was so whipped by the enemy. With all the things that had happened in his, in his, with his family, just one event after another, I told Jan, I said, let's leave them a big offering. And let's get out of here. Because if you're not depressed when you come in, you'll be depressed when you leave. That's not good news. The good news is that God has put within you a hyssop branch. He has paid the price with His blood. He has given us the Word. There is no reason for us to be defeated. Amen? Amen? Is God good? Then give Him a hand clap of praise.
Now, I will say this. The gifts of the Spirit are coming alive in the church. Or people wouldn't be preaching on it. I preached a a message on why did Jesus need the Holy Spirit? When He came up out of that water from being baptized, His daddy was so proud of Him. And He said, I'm going to give you something that's going to change the world. And it was the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, even on Passover night, He could have taught them anything. You know what He taught them? I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send the Spirit of God so that your life will be changed because you need the power of God. They invited people. They went about town and they invited people. There were five, 6,000 people invited to come to that, that service where the Holy Spirit was going to show up. How many showed up? 120. But He showed up. And it's still changing the world. Now, the enemy's done everything he can to try to shut this down. That's why there's so many people that's been taught against it. You can show them in the Word and they say, well, I don't believe that. But the power of God is real. That's why we get healed. That's why you get healed. Because the Word of God is true. And the blood is true. When Randy prayed, he used a hyssop branch. The transferring of that branch into his tongue brought forth healing over you through the power of God. And we're going to see more and more. Because God's just getting started. And I believe it's going to turn the world upside down. I believe we're going to see signs and wonders. I see a little kid the other day. He had his arm off here. Well, I listened to a sermon that R.W. Schambach preached. And you know what he said? A.A. Allen. How many's heard of A.A. Allen? A.A. Allen was going to be in that service and he had been dealing with this woman, brought this little baby. This little baby wasn't supposed to live a year. His tongue hung down on his chin. This is a true story. His little elbows were embedded into his stomach, couldn't move his arms. His little legs were embedded in, right below his arms. Didn't have no feet. Just little nubs. Couldn't talk. Couldn't do anything. But she drove from one state to another state. From, I think, Alabama to Missouri to go to this meeting. Her and another lady. Sat there five nights. Five days during the day, five nights. Gave in the offering every single time the page was, it was passed. Filled out a card. What was wrong with her son? Want prayer. They didn't call the prayer cards. She went up to R.W. Schaumbach on the last night. She told him, I only got $20. That's all I got to my name. Got to go home. Got to go home tonight. Can't even stay a night and another night in a hotel. Got to go on. They ain't prayed for my baby yet. 
He said, if that baby don't get called up tonight, I will grab that baby and take him to his trailer when this church is over. He said, he's going to lay hands on this baby. Well, our A.A. Allen walked out on the stage. He said, I got something. What was it? The Holy Spirit began to talk to him. He said, I see a big white building. Yes, a maternity ward. There's babies everywhere. One baby is not healthy. He said, there's something wrong. Wait a minute, he's got one, no five, no ten, no twenty-four, no twenty-six diseases. The Holy Spirit's putting them on him. He said, I see a woman. Grab that baby, put her in that in that old Ford car, and drove drove across the state line. He said, "You're here tonight, and tonight is your night. Bring that baby to me." They brought that baby and put him in his arms. He cried out, "Oh God, heal this baby!" He said, the first thing that happened, that tongue popped in his mouth. And then his arms started moving. He said, you could hear the bones all over the place, just popping. His legs popped down. He didn't have eyes. He said, R.W. Schembach said, I looked in that baby's eyes, said it just looked like milky yellow. And he said it looked like a whirlwind hit him. And then had the prettiest blue eyes. And then he said it looked like God took out some silly putty. And he made that baby some feet. And he put that baby down. Never spoken a word. Never seen his mama. And he ran straight across that stage to his mama. He said, Mama, Mama! Because God is not dead. And we do these things and greater things by the power of our words because it will be the Holy Ghost that does it. Amen.